Chapter 16 of Chip of the Flying U. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty on the Central Coast of California. Chip of the Flying U by B. M. Bauer. Chapter 16 Weary Advises. I have a short article here which may interest you, Miss Stella, said Dunk, coming out on the porch a few days later with a butte paper in his hand. The little doctor was swinging leisurely in the hammock. It's about the picture, he added, smiling. The picture? Oh, let me see. The little doctor stopped the hammock with her toe and sat up. The wind had tumbled her hair about her face and drawn extra color to her cheeks. She looked very sweet, Dunk thought. He held out the paper, pointing a well-kept finger at the place he wished her to read. There was a rather large headline, for news was scarce just then, and every little thing was made the most of. The eyes of the little doctor clung greedily to the lines. <clears throat> it is reported that the last stand has been sold. The painting, which has been on exhibition in the lobby of the Summit Hotel, has attracted much attention among art lovers, and many people have viewed it in the last week. Duncan Gray Whitaker, the well-known mine owner and cattleman who brought the picture to Butte, is said to have received an offer which the artist will probably accept. Mr. Whitaker still declines to give the artist's name, but whoever he is, he certainly has a brilliant future before him, and Montana can justly feel proud of him. It has been rumored that the artist is a woman, but the best critics are slow to believe this, claiming that the work has been done with a power and boldness undoubtedly masculine. Those who have seen the last stand will not easily forget it, and the price offered for it is said to be a large one. Mr. Whitaker will leave the city tomorrow to consult with the unknown artist and promises upon his return to reveal the name of the modest genius who can so infuse a bit of canvas with palpitating life. Hmm. What do you think of that? Isn't the modest genius rather proud of the hit she has made? I wish you could have seen the old stockmen stand around it and tell wolf stories to one another by the hour. The women came and cried over it. They were so sorry for the cow. Really, Miss Della, She's the most famous cow in Butte just now. I had plenty of smaller offers, but I waited till Senator Blake came home. He's a crank on Western pictures, and he has a long pocketbook and won't haggle over prices. He took it just as I expected, but he insists that the artist's name must be attached to it, and if you take his offer, he may bring the picture down himself, for he's quite anxious to meet you. I am to wire your decision at once. The little doctor watched a pale green measuring worm loop its way hurriedly along the floor of the porch. She was breathing rather quickly and unevenly, and she seemed to be thinking very fast. When the worm, reaching the end, doubled out of sight, she started the hammock swinging and leaned back upon her cushions. "'You may tell him to come. I should like very much to see him,' she said. "'And I am very much obliged to you for the service you have performed.' She became very much interested in a magazine, 
and seemed to dismiss Dunk and the picture entirely from her mind. Dunk, after waiting till he was convinced she had no intention of saying more, went off to the stables to find a messenger for the telegram, telling himself on the way that Miss Della Whitmore was a very cool young person and not as grateful as he would have liked her to be. The little doctor immediately went to find Chip, but that young man, who had been just inside the window and had heard every word, was not so easily found. He was down in the bunkhouse, thinking things, and when she did find him near supper-time, he was so utterly unapproachable that her courage and her patience failed together, and she did not mention the picture at all. "'Hello, doctor!' it was a heartening voice, sounding very sweet to the ears of the little doctor just then. She turned eagerly, her arm still clasping Silver's neck. She had come down to the crowd to feed him sugar and tell him what a difficult young man his master was, and how he held her at arm's length with his manner, and yet was nice and friendly and sunny enough, like the sun shining on an iceberg. But human sympathy was within reach of her hand, and it was much more satisfying than the mute sympathy of a horse. Weary Willie Davison, you don't know how glad I am to see you. As the saying is, you think of angels, and their opposites ain't for all. I am glad to see you. Dirt and all, grinned Weary, for he had ridden far in the heat and was dust-grimed and travel-worn. He pulled the saddle off Glory also, travel-worn and sweat-grimed, and gave him an affectionate slap of dismissal. I'd chance money you wasn't thinking of me, he said pointedly. How is the old ranch, anyway? Splinter up yet? You must think I'm a feeble excuse for a doctor, retorted she. Of course he's up. He walks all around the house and yard with a cane. I promoted him from crutches yesterday. Good shot. That was sure a bad foot he had on him, and I don't know. What's he been putting in the time at? Making pictures or love? Pictures, said the little doctor hastily laying her cheek against Silver's mane. I'd like to see him making love. You would, said Weary, innocently, disregarding the irony of her tone. Well, if you ever do, I'll tell you right now, you'll see the real thing. If he makes love like he does other things, there won't be any female girl can dodge his loop. That's straight. What about the pictures? Well, he drew a picture of J.G. sliding down the kitchen steps before he was out of bed, and he made a picture of Dunk that time Banjo bucked him off. You saw that happen, I suppose, and it was great. Dunk was standing on his head in front of his horse, but I can't show you because it blew out of the window and landed at Dunk's feet in the path, and he picked it up and tore it into little bits, and he doesn't play in Chip's yard any more. He never did, grinned Weary. Dunk's a great hand to go around shooting off his mouth about things he's no business to buy into, and old Splinter let him down on his face once or twice. Chip can sure give a man a hard fall when he wants to, and not use many words either. What Lily does say generally counts. The little doctor's memory squirmed assentingly. 
It's the tone he uses, she said reflectively. The way he can say yes sometimes. You bumped into that, huh? Bert Rogers lit into him with a tent peg once for saying yes to him. They sure was busy for a few minutes. I just sat in the shade of a wagon wheel and laughed till I near cracked a rib. When they got through, they laughed, too, and they played ten games of pool together that night and got... Weary caught himself up suddenly. Pool ain't any gambling game, he hastened to explain. It's just knocking balls into pockets, innocent-like, you see. Mr. Davidson, there's something I'd like to tell you about. Will you wait a few minutes before your supper? Sure, said Weary, wonderingly, and sat down upon the edge of a watering trough. The little doctor, her arm still around Silver's neck, told him all about the last stand and the spoils of victory, and Chip and Dunk and herself. And Weary listened silently, digging little trenches in the hard soil with the rowels of his spurs, and, knowing Chip as he did, understanding the matter much better than did the little doctor. And he doesn't seem to know that I never meant to claim the picture as my work, and I can't explain why he acts so. Oh, you know how he can act. And Dunk wouldn't have sold the picture if he had known Chip had painted it. And it was wrong, of course, but I did so want Chip to have some real encouragement so he would make that his life work. You know he is fitted for something better than cow-punching, and now the picture has made a hit and brought a good price, and he must own it. Dunk will be furious, of course, but that doesn't matter to me. It's Chip that I can't seem to manage. Weary smiled queerly down at his spurs. It's a sense you could manage him, easy enough, if you took the right way to do it, he said quietly. Probably the right way would be too much trouble, said the little doctor, with her chin well up. Once I get this picture deal settled satisfactorily, I'm quite willing to resign and let him manage himself. Senator Blake is coming tomorrow, and I'm so glad you'll be here to help me. I'd sure like to see you through with the deal. Old Blake won't be hard to throw. I know him, and so does Chip. Didn't he tell you about it? Tell me, flashed the little doctor. I told him Senator Blake was coming and that he wanted to buy the picture, and he just made him a cigarette and said, yeah, Yes, and after that there wasn't any conversation of any description. Weary threw back his head and laughed. That sure sounded just like him, he said, and at that minute Chip himself hobbled into the corral and the little doctor hastened to leave it and retreat to the house. End of chapter 16 Recording by Marty on the Central Coast of California